why don't you go ahead and have a seat. As you do that, can I just simply say, I love the smell of a barnyard inside of a church building, right? It does this farm kid turned kicking and screaming suburbanite good. Does my heart proud to see some animals in here. We're celebrating some cool things tonight. All that's themed. It's all going to make more sense here in just a minute. Speaking of barnyards, can I share with you a barnyard truism? True statement straight from the barnyard. Are you ready? Here it is. Shepherds lead the way. And sheep, oh, you might even say, they're created to follow. Shepherds lead the way. Sheep, we follow. Leading and following. It's my opinion that we don't have a leadership crisis. Rather, I wonder sometimes if we have a followership or a following crisis. You've heard the phrase, too many chiefs. Well, the way that you say that in the barnyard is maybe there's too many shepherds and not enough sheep. There's this messianic prophecy that was spoken hundreds of years before Jesus was born, before that moment that we just celebrated right here, right now. And it went like this, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. He's present. He's Emmanuel, God with us. By the way, these names, we've been unpacking these in our church all month long. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, he's all-powerful. Everlasting Father, you're looking for a father figure in your life? He's it. Today, oh, he's, he's our Prince of peace. But I just wonder, I wonder if some of the angst that sometimes we feel in our souls, our distinct lack of peace, is maybe because we don't have the prince on his rightful throne. We're trying to lead our own lives, and we were designed, we were actually designed to follow. Merry Christmas. Let's talk about peace on earth. Let's talk about goodwill toward men. Hey, parents. You ever have a moment when you are with your kids? Maybe it was picking out the perfect Christmas tree. Some of you just did that. Maybe it was hanging the stockings up on the mantle. Maybe it's tomorrow morning, open those Christmas presents together. Do you ever have this moment where you wonder, is this going to make it into their long-term memory bank? I wondered about that sometimes when our kids were tiny. Is this going to be one of their earliest memories? I kind of wonder if the recipe is here tonight. We've got some sights. We're going to enjoy some candlelight here in a little bit. We've got sounds. Did you hear mama sheep when baby left for a bit bleeding? We've got some smells even coming from out there. I just wonder if tonight might be an earliest memory, if it might make its way into the memory banks of some child that's here tonight. One of my earliest memories. When I was not very old, we lived in Cobden, Illinois, southern Illinois, and uh, across the street, we weren't out on the farm, you understand, this was like a country subdivision. Right across the street from me, the neighbor, I don't know where he kept them the rest of the week, but every once in a while on a Saturday morning, I would wake up to the sounds of sheep. He would shear his sheep in his front yard right across the street from my house. Sights. Oh, I'd see the sheep, their fuzzy wool coats. Sounds. I'd hear the sound of the clippers buzzing and... The sounds of the mamas squealing a little bit, bleating. The smells, well, sheep smell, right? And I loved this sight. When they had been relieved of their heavy wool coat, 
they would kick and they would kind of stretch their legs out. Could I, could I dare say they would frolic a bit? I loved that site. Let me show you. This is kind of what we're looking at. This is the extreme home makeover edition, sheep edition, right? This is the before and this is the after. There's something in this we want to unpack tonight. Here's the understatement of the century. Are you ready? The understatement of the century is this. Sheep and shepherds are a big deal in the Bible. I mean, if you open up your Bible, just about, you're going to find just about anywhere a story about a sheep or a shepherd. And as we discovered from our friends at the beginning of this service, our Christmas story brings dignity and peace to shepherds. What does that mean for us? I'm so glad that you asked. Listen, if I had a big announcement to make, or if you had a big announcement to make, perhaps if you wrote a book and you wanted to get it out, this message to the masses, you'd call your publicist, and they'd try to get you on the most talked about television program in the country. Or maybe today would be the podcast that has the widest distribution, so you could get your message out to everybody. But hear me, when God announced the birth of Jesus to the world, he used the exact opposite approach. He didn't send Jesus to 30 Rock, but he sent the host of heaven to a common field outside of Bethlehem, and the people that he chose as his spokesmen were unpolished, sweaty, dare I even say uncouth shepherds. What's that mean for us? Well, let's read the text together, shall we? I'm in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. If you want to follow along with me, I'll put it up on the screen, but if you want to follow along with me, underneath the seat in front of you, there's a Bible. I'm on page 1026 there. Let's read the story together. And there were shepherds living out in the fields. Let's pause there for a second. I watched a documentary just a couple of weeks ago. There's something hardwired into humanity. We get a little uneasy. Twilight, dusk to dawn, and those dark hours in the middle. So much so that if you're a painter and you paint a painting, you put somebody in the middle of a field during twilight hours, it makes people uneasy even looking at that painting. They don't want to buy the painting. There's something inside of us. When it starts getting dark, we want to get to shelter. These shepherds, where were they in that minute? Well, they were living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So would you be. So would I be. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Not just some. All. Today in the town of David, Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you, and he's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Can we just take a minute? Can we soak that in? That moment that is up until that point. This is the greatest moment in human history. By the way, I would argue that 30 years later, the cross of Christ, at that point then, that becomes the greatest point in human history because I would argue at the cross of Christ, we receive salvation. We receive a hope of eternity, but I would say right after that, Jesus' birth is pretty important. Verse 15, 
when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. God shared this message with us. Shepherds, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Note this, nobodies were the first to know. Nobodies were the first to hear this message. The shepherds were the, among the poorest and the most marginalized members of society, yet they were the first to receive the good news of Jesus' birth. Can you relate to them? Are you feeling harried? The crazy weather over the last few days got you down. Are you feeling lonely? Maybe you're feeling a bit left out in the hustle and bustle of this season, even with your family. Are you feeling perhaps a distinct lack of peace on earth? I told you earlier there's a barnyard truism. Can I share with you just a bit of barnyard advice? Or maybe to put it more in its setting tonight, a manger scene advice. Here we go. At Christmas, at Christmas, we're invited to follow the shepherds. Remember, shepherds lead and sheep are created to follow. Well, let's follow them as they lead. This is what they do. When they had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. Note, they are moved through this story deeper into dignity. At the beginning of the story, the shepherds are nobodies. At the end, people are amazed, not that the shepherds are telling the story, but they're actually amazed at what the story is, the, the story that they had to share, the greatest moment to that point in, single, uh, in, in human history. Why were the shepherds? Why were nobodies the first to know? Well, maybe. Maybe it's because they believed. They heard the message, and they believed. Maybe, maybe it's because they could be awed, parents, Grandparents, we could learn a little something from our kids about childlike faith. We could learn a little something from the shepherds about that as well. And because of this, because they believed and they could be awed, because of this they received peace, and then they lived with purpose. We just read that in that verse. Listen, the Christmas story transcends social status. You've got on one end of the spectrum... Shepherds, I think today we're supposed to call them animal husbandry professionals. Maybe the other end of the spectrum, then, you've got a CEO. Listen, the Christmas story transcends social status. Wherever you find yourself today, the Christmas story is for you. The Christmas story transcends age biases. I wonder if there's some folks here today that are starting to feel a little bit long in the tooth. My family seems to kind of be leaving me behind. The Christmas story is you, oh, or for you, or on the other end of that spectrum, maybe you're somebody who would resonate with the Apostle Paul when he says to young Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth, but set an example for the believers. Regardless of where you are on the age spectrum because of age biases, the Christmas story is for you. The Christmas story, wherever you are with mental capacities, maybe you have special needs, or maybe you have a high IQ but a low EQ, everybody in the middle, the Christmas story, it's for us. Wealth or lack thereof. Listen, you've got Mary and Joseph. You've got Joseph, an itinerant uh, 
stonemason on one end of the spectrum, and then you've got wise men with access to the wealth of the empire. Both parties bend their knees to the Christ child. The Christmas story transcends your doubts or maybe your self-doubts. It transcends your fears. At Christmas, according to the story we just read, we're a part of all who heard. We've heard the good news. We've heard the glad tidings. At Christmas, we're invited to follow the shepherds, but we're not the shepherd. In this story, we're the sheep. Oh, I know that some of you just had a visceral reaction. You're saying, I'm no sheeple, right? Well, listen, sheep oftentimes get a bad rap. Oh, my goodness, I just did that. <laughs> my goodness, the, uh, the dad jokes are strong on Christmas Eve. Sorry about that. But seriously, sheep have a bad rep. Sheep actually have some strong strengths. I want to share just a few of them with you right now. Here's some fun facts about sheep. Don't you let the term sheepish get you down here. Here's some fun facts that you, don't, uh, you may not know about these farm animals that you actually have to hear them to believe them. I'm sorry, it happened again. It happened again. Okay, here we go. Kids, if you find yourself having a hard time sleeping tonight, this happens to kids all across the world tonight. You might try counting sheep. Here's the problem. There's a whole bunch of them. There are over 1,000 different breeds of sheep. And just like in people, we celebrate all kinds of diversity. We celebrate that in the sheep world as well. Here you go. Sheep actually, kids, you ever wonder if mom and dad have eyes in the back of their heads? Kids, do me a favor. If you're a child here, do this with your hands right now. Look, look at your fingers like this, and then do this right here. While you're looking straight ahead, don't go, don't, don't go cross-eyed. How far can you see in your peripheral vision those fingers? I lose them about right here. Sheep, check this out. They've got rectangular slits. Their pupils go this direction instead of like ours round. Something about the rods and the cones in their eyes allows sheep to see. It's like 320 degrees behind them they can see. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Sheep have some strong strengths. You heard the comment at the beginning of the service that sheep smell. They do, but they also have a strong sense of smell as well. They have a gland between their eyes. They have glands between their hooves. And by that, they can recognize each other by their scent. Mamas use recognize their babies bleat, and they can pick them out of a flock. Sheep are clever animals. Research has shown us, actually, that sheep can recognize up to 50 different sheep faces, even up to two years. They've also shown that sheep are capable of remembering how to navigate even a complex maze. Listen to this. Sheep can self-medicate. I know some people like that. We call that addiction, right? But sheep, actually, when they have something that are ailing them, in the wild even, they can go out and find a plant that treats that illness. Sheep are emotionally complex with distinct personalities. Some of them are introverts. Some of them are extroverts, moms and dads. You've got kids on those two spectrums, right? Sheep are highly social animals, which makes them incredibly susceptible to peer pressure, which leads me to this truth. Sheep have one great weakness. They tend to wander. And when they wander, they get lost. 
Sometimes they wander off because they got scared of something that they sensed. Sometimes they wander off because one of them, an individual, wanders off and the whole flock follows. Or maybe the whole flock kind of wanders this way and the one that was going to stay back and stand strong, they end up just following as well. Sometimes the lead sheep wanders off. Sometimes the guard dog or sometimes even the shepherd gets distracted. But where are the sheep? Remember? I told you that sheep and shepherds are big deals in Scripture. My favorite psalm, maybe you know this one, Psalm 23. Notice where David places himself in this psalm, and notice where he places God. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's a bold statement. Notice that he places himself in the place of the sheep here. He, my Lord, my shepherd, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes or restores my soul. Picture that seed, will you? Green pastures, still waters. I bet you're picturing something in, oh, like Wisconsin on a warm summer day. Something in beautiful rolling hills. But can I show you? Can I show you the location where David wrote that 23rd Psalm in the same location where Jesus spent time in the wilderness praying up between his baptism and the beginning of his ministry? He was tempted by the devil, the Judean wilderness. This is what it looks like. Really? Where are the green pastures? Where are the quiet waters? Hold on to that thought. Let's refresh. At Christmas, we're invited to follow the shepherds, but we're not the shepherd. We're the sheep. And Jesus, Jesus is the perfect shepherd. Whatever ails you, he's the cure. Early in his ministry, we're told in the book of Matthew that he moved from town to town after he left that season in the wilderness praying. He went from town to town, quote, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And in the very next verse, Matthew 9, verse 36 says, and when he saw the crowds, when he saw us, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion. He's the prince of peace. I wonder. Does he sit on the throne of your life? And I just wonder as well, on that first Christmas night, when the nobodies were the first to hear, when the shepherds were terrified, I wonder if the 23rd Psalm rolled through their minds. We left us hanging. Where does that Psalm go from there? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or this, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're my shepherd. And you're with me. Your very presence, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You comfort me even with your presence. Make no mistake, if you find yourself in a space, you look around and say, where are the green pastures? Where are the quiet, still waters? I don't feel peace. Well, follow the shepherd. You're not meant to camp out in that desolate region because he's leading you somewhere else. If... If you choose to follow. By the way, today we're going to send you out of here with a bit of a gift. Don't get too excited. It's not a big gift. These are candy canes. They'll be at the doors on the way out. Parents, can I give you a layup? 
Just simply Google Christian symbolism in candy canes. And sometime this week when you're traveling to grandma or grandpa's house, just talk about what those candy canes symbolize and some of the imagery that's even embedded there in the candy cane. And as you're driving home tonight, I hope you're remembering that the Lord is my shepherd. If he is, if he is your shepherd, and life with him is sweet. Let's go back to our original statement, shall we? Shepherds lead the way, and sheep are created to follow. Actually, actually, it probably should say this, the shepherd leads the way. And we, we were created to follow. The question is, are we? Because bad things happen when we lose our way. Like this. I want you to meet a sheep. His name is Barak. I did it again. Doggone it. It just keeps jumping out. Seriously, his name is Barak. They named him this. Would you believe that that is 80 pounds worth of fleece that poor old Barak is carrying around on his back? Something happens, I guess, in Australia and the, the land down under. I don't know exactly what's going on, but with a little bit of research, I discovered a whole bunch of names of sheep. Barak was lost for, I think, five years. They found him, and they sheared his coat, 80 pounds worth. Let me show you some other videos of sheep that they found like this. You've got a sheep named Victoria. And uh, she was lost for a whole bunch of years. 18 rescuers spent five hours carrying her out of the wild, and they sheared her, and it was like 50 pounds worth of fleece came off of her. There was one named Shrek. He also had a similar experience, and like 40-some pounds of fleece came off of him. Here's one named Prickles. This one was out in the wild for seven years. Can you imagine what that sheep's fleece looked like, how nasty and heavy and just awful that had been? Here's one, six years Sheila the sheep. I think they found her not long ago. Can I show you? After they sheared Barak, this is what he looked like. We need to go to the extreme home makeover edition, right? We need to see the before and the after. This is what he looked like before. This is what he looks like now. And note what the shepherds did for him. Not only did they clean him up, but look how cozy he looks right there. Are you aiming for peace? You got to make him your prince. The Bible also calls him Lord, which makes him the boss, which means we have to submit. We have to stop fighting. We have to relinquish. How many of you have heard the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season? You know that phrase? It's not true. Jesus is not the reason for the season. I mean, I get how we would get there, but he's not the reason for the season. You are. Because he came to earth for you and for me to a world that desperately needed the prince of peace. Jesus came. And if you feel yourself today carrying a heavy load, he's here to help you out, to help you release that load, to lean into a life with him where he is your prince of peace. Let me ask you, 
Do you feel far from God today and do you want him close? Are you not sure of your salvation and you want to be sure? Here's the thing, the Bible makes it pretty clear. For that, we have to follow. Maybe you found yourself out in the wild, wandering in the wilderness for a while, and today could be your day to come home. Say, yes, Lord, you're my shepherd. I'm the sheep. I choose to follow. Would all of you bow your heads, please, and and close your eyes? I want to take a moment right now with every head bowed and every eye closed just to simply offer an invitation because I just wonder if there might be somebody who's here today who feels out in the wild and the good shepherd is saying, come home. Romans chapter 3 says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6 says that the wages, or rather the penalty for sin is death. We all deserve it. Romans chapter 5 says, but God, and I love this, but God demonstrated his love to us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ came to earth. He lived a blameless life. He died for our sins. And then the text goes on to say, so that any of us who call on his name, he gives us the right to be called sons and daughters of God. That's me. I've been sheared. I've felt the freedom of that burden released. That could be you. The whole Bible is a story of a loving God that gently and lovingly pursues his kids. He's chasing you. Maybe you've sat here for the last few minutes and you've felt something in your stomach or you felt something spinning in your brain. In my opinion, that is my God chasing you down. But here's the deal. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. He wants you to take the first step. So I would invite you right now, if I just describe you, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I would just invite you where you're at. You pray that prayer as well. You lift this up before God. Jesus, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your grace. I'm a sinner. I desire your forgiveness. And so I ask you to come into my life. I choose to follow you. You're the shepherd. I'm the sheep. I'll follow. You lead. And it's in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, can I just encourage you? That's the first step of a journey. Actually, there's five steps. We use five fingers to talk about this. You've got faith. You just, you just felt a bit of that. Belief blossoms into faith. And there's repentance. It means I'm going to turn around. I was going this direction, and I was getting my matted coat all dirty and filthy, and I'm going to be sheared, and I'm going to turn this direction and go this way instead. There's baptism, yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and responding with baptism. We're buried, we're buried with Christ, and he saves us. There's the forgiveness of sins. He's faithful to forgive us our sins. And there's a gift of the Holy Spirit. He surrounds us with his presence. If you just prayed that prayer, can I ask you to do me a favor? When the service is done, my friend Jake Harp, one of our pastors, will be hanging out over here under the cross with some folks, and they would love nothing more than to encourage you, to pray with you, and to help you with some next steps. Because at Christmas... We're invited to follow the shepherds. 
But we're not the shepherd, we're the sheep. And Jesus, Jesus is the perfect shepherd. 